0: You're listening to episode 176 of the Pastor-Writer podcast, conversations on reading, writing, and the Christian life. I'm your host, Chase Replogle. Well, The 5 Masculine Instincts has finally been released. It's been out for uh, just about a week now. And man, what a privilege and joy it's been to see people posting pictures of receiving their copies in the mail. I appreciate that so much. Uh, If you haven't bought a copy yet, it would mean a lot to me if you'd consider doing it. And I also wanted to say thanks for your willingness to spend the last eight weeks listening and thinking about the book in these podcast episodes. In this final episode in that series, we'll be wrapping things up and discussing the time it takes to grow in character and the time it takes to grow as a man. Next week, we'll be back to our regular author interviews. I've got some great interviews scheduled for the spring that I can't wait to bring you. And so once again, I just wanted to say thanks. This has been a lot of fun. I'm excited about the book. For all of you who have bought a copy, shared reviews, posted, it really does mean the world to me. As always, thanks for listening. Peter, it's good to be wrapping up our series of conversations on the five masculine instincts. And uh, the final chapter is a shorter one. It's not that long of a chapter, um, but it really tries to delve into uh, what it looks like to close the book and move forward. And uh, I love the phrase, nothing left to prove Yeah. Uh, that uh, so much of this journey of talking about masculinity can feel like we have to prove something. And yep. so as a part of this conversation, we're just exploring. So what does it look like? What does yep. it look like to grow as a man, to try to become a better man and uh, conclude, wrap the book all up?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that you do in the book that I really like is you provide some context at the beginning with some quotations. You know, I think quotes when used I just appropriately, find the people who say it better than me. Right, hey, well, right that's the it. Start, hey, there's so. no reason to reinvent the wheel. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I really like that. We'll yeah. use that. So, but I do want to share this one because I really think it adequately, you know, sets up the the closing of the mm-hmm. book. And it's by N.T. Wright. He says, we have to grow into scripture like a young boy inheriting his older brother's clothes and flopping around in them, but he gradually builds out and grows up. Perhaps it's a measure of our maturity when parts of scripture that we found odd or even repellent suddenly come up in a new light. Our sense is overtaken by a sense of the whole time, of, of the whole thing, wide, multicolored, and unspeakably powerful. I love that.
0: Yeah. I love the image of, uh, flopping around in these oversized right? clothes. Like everybody who's ever borrowed. I
1: stole my brother's clothes all the time. Yeah. 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 Or all your time.
0: dad's jacket for some awkward high school thing that didn't <laughs> yeah. quite fit. And yeah, that, to think of scripture as something uh. that. When you first put it, this is the truth of the gospel. When you yeah. first put it on, doesn't fit in this world. feels yeah. a little bit odd. Maybe doesn't feel like it is exactly you and what you're looking for, but eventually you grow into it, don't yeah. you? Eventually you start to realize there's far more wisdom here in this book yeah. than sometimes I give it credit for possessing. Yeah.
1: So you start the chapter, the closing chapter, with a parable. Um, why close with a parable? But this specific one, it's not, you know... The parable of the Good Samaritan, yeah, the or you know, or the, the prodigal yeah. son, are the ones that we all you know can quote. You you, you take a, a. I joke that it's one. my favorite parable, really, because it's one of the most obscure.
0: But yeah. Jesus uses this parable of a uh, an orchard yeah. and a landowner who comes out to a steward who's been taking care of this fig tree, and the uh, the landowner comes out and says, "I'm tired. It's been years, and we still don't have figs on this tree." cut it down, burn it, let's start over. So basically, he sees this barren fig tree. He's given enough time. Fig trees take years to produce figs. Um, It's possible that the three years he's been waiting is three years beyond the three years that it usually takes a fig tree to start producing. So he may have six years invested in this tree. Still no figs. He's done. Let's move on. (laughs) He decides to cut it down. And the servant says to him, let's give it one more year. Let me spread a little more manure around the trunk and let's see. And that's pretty much the end of the parable. We don't find out if it produces figs. We don't find out if he cuts it down anyways. Yeah. Um, but I love that parable. I love ending the book with that parable because it's an image of what I think trying to become a better man actually feels like. Yeah. It's really easy to look and say, good grief, I've been at this for three years, six years. Like I'm still not who I want to be. Right. Maybe this thing just doesn't work. Maybe I need another way of approaching life. Um, And I also love that Jesus compares his kingdom, his power, the message of the gospel to this dirty work of manure that this servant packs on around the roots and says, let's just keep doing what we've been doing. Let's keep adding the manure on here and let's just wait and see. Let's give it a little more time and see what comes about. I I think it's a profoundly needed parable for most of us.
1: Well, and I think the countercultural theme is the idea of patience. Everything is instant. Everything is not only instant, it's instantly gratifying. And so patience and waiting is hard to come by. It's, it's not a muscle that we like to flex very often. But why is patience important in the task of becoming a better man? Yeah, well, isn't it interesting
0: that the, the Bible does talk about character. There's plenty of places where it talks about building your character. Um, it often uses language of fruit more than it uses language of character. And we Mm. talked about this in the last uh, conversation where the ancient philosophers tended to talk more about the habits or the disciplines, where the New Testament seems to prefer Jesus by his parables as well. These kind of more organic, natural fruit kind of analogies, the fruit Mm. of the spirit. Uh, And the big difference being if it is a habit that I do repeatedly, I control it, right? I get a workout fitness plan in place. I know what I get to lift on what days and when I do my increments and when I rest and I can execute this plan and I can see my results. It doesn't pitch character to that us yeah. that way. It instead describes it as fruit yeah. that you pack the manure on, that you show up and water it that you take care of the soil. And every day you go and look at the tree and say, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? But you can't produce the fruit. You can't make apples appear on the tree. But you can care for it. You can prune it. You can cover it when the frost comes. You can make sure the soil, test it, make sure it has the soil that it needs. And if you do that work patiently, consistently, you walk out and there are blooms. And then a few months later, those blooms are little apples. And a couple months later, you're harvesting them. They're full fruit. Um And I think that is, the scripture is intentional about that. That's the way that we develop character. It, yeah. And it's the same way to think about masculinity. There's nothing more awkward than a man saying, I'm going to set a new project to become a man, right? <laughs> right? Like you, you feel this with like teenage boys, right? <laughs> yeah. Like right. if you're trying too hard to be a man, it's awkward for everyone. And you end up not looking like a man. That's not what this book is about. This book yeah. is not about, we all need to be men. So go act like men, you know, lean into being a man. It's really a book about develop character, Yeah. do it with patience, do it with the power of the gospel, apply yeah. that gospel manure to the actual needs that you've taken the time to recognize in your life. And you will start over time to see fruit. You yeah. will see character develop. And that character, as it begins to develop in your life, will feel like genuine manhood, will feel like who God's called you to be. Aim at it and you'll miss it, but do the work of cultivating character and it'll be there. Yeah. It takes time, but it'll be there.
1: Yeah. So in wrapping up, You know, what do you what do you hope that this book, this conversation will offer to men, you know, both now and long term?
0: For this moment, I really hope I hope it's a path forward for men who have gotten frustrated or overwhelmed by the controversy of this conversation. Um, I'm very aware that the moment you put masculinity on the book title, everybody frames the debate. Oh, yeah. Um, and even as I tell people about the book, it's pretty obvious immediately people assume a side or a position or a take that I'm going to have. And I hope as you're finishing this book, maybe you're not even quite sure on some of the cultural questions where I stand or where. Um, and that's part of the point. I don't, I don't want to just contribute to the way we frame things because I think part of the way we've been framing things is keeping men from this actual patient gospel centered work. What I hope they take away from the book is there is a path forward. That is richer than just you joining a side or digging a trench deeper yeah. or posturing a certain theological position and calling that your manhood. There is actually something that can help you become a better man, which is Christ likeness and yeah. this work of knowing yourself and knowing the gospel. Um, I hope maybe some men close some internet blogs and turn off the news and yeah. maybe pick up their scripture. And the the book encourages them to dive deeper. I mean, at the yeah. beginning of each chapter, I say this is based on the Moses stories, which can be found in in uh, Exodus and yeah. Deuteronomy. And this is from the Samson stories, which can be found in judges in chapter 11 to 13. And um, I hope maybe you dig deeper into those things that it inspires yeah. you to go do that work on your own. But more than anything else, I hope it is just a tool that men can use to go about this actual work. Yeah. Um, knowing myself, knowing the gospel finding an instinct, pairing it with the spiritual practice that can check that instinct so it doesn't overwhelm me. If at the end of the day, I think I said this early in one of our conversations, if you decide you're none of the five instincts or you think the five instincts are made up by me and Shakespeare and don't count for anything or you want to invent your own five and you decide which ones you are, I don't really care about the five instincts existing. What I really care about is you've developed this lost skill set that previous generations of men had of how we become better, how we develop character, how we pay attention, know the gospel and become the men, the men that can carry the responsibility and the burden that our families and our churches and our communities need, whether we're rewarded for that or not, that we have the kind of character to be able to do that work. It's back to that that C.S. Lewis quote, right, from the very beginning where we started, that we would be able to maneuver these ships around one another with skill, and that we could maintain those vessels well enough that when society or family or the church needs us to do something, the ship's in well enough working condition to be able to pull off those maneuvers.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just say one more thing. I just do the hard work, buy the book, take time to digest it, read it, and then buy another copy for someone else and spend that time going through it with someone else. You know, again, this going back to this idea of instant gratification, if you want to see change or growth or development in your life, it's not going to just come to you. You have to work for it. And I really believe, Chase, you've just developed a great blueprint for us to study and to really unpack in our own lives. And I'm grateful for it. I really am. And I know this is your first book. I'm sure there's going to be plenty others that will come because you're such a gifted and talented writer. And you have such a humble perspective that I think is very refreshing. You know, I think a lot of writers, probably because they're so successful in their writing, they just um they speak with a little bit more kind of assertiveness and authority. And there's a place for that. But I really, what I really love about your style is it's very invitational. And I feel like, okay, no, this guy is really, he cares for me. It's almost like probably because you're a pastor, like you're a shepherd at your core. And you really, you care about people, you care about their soul, you care about their livelihood, you care about their well-being. And it just, it, it is throughout, woven throughout this book. And so I can't encourage you enough to read it, to get it for the people that you care about. Uh, Because I really believe if you do the hard work and take the time and read it and apply it, I believe that it will change your life. I really believe that. Well, thanks.
0: And I think a lot of that is a reflection of, I read the scriptures and find men doing this work and struggling to do it. And I pastor men who are struggling to do it. And I sit down to write knowing that I'm a man struggling to do it. And that all of us, this great cloud of witnesses, past and present, we're all doing the same work. We might as well talk and try to share language for it and know ourselves better and know the gospel better. and hopefully become better men in the process
1: that's right that's right that's great
0: Today's episode wraps up our series looking at the book, The Five Masculine Instincts. If you haven't already got a copy, it would really mean a lot to me if you would buy one, maybe even as a gift for a son or a a nephew or a a brother, a father, a man in your life. And uh, if you have gotten a copy of the book and and worked your way through it, I would love to hear your thoughts on the book. You can do that by leaving a review wherever you bought a book. For those of you who are authors, you know those reviews are really, really important for people learning more about the book. So it'd mean a lot to me if you'd take the time to do that. As I said before, uh, with this episode, next week we will be back to our regular interviews I'm excited about the ones I've got to come as always thanks for listening until next time